All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Combos. My name is Liz, your host, and this is my podcast where I talk with friends, leaders in the community, and other great conversationalists about politics, wellness, and activism, and basically how they all connect. In this episode, I'm excited as always because this is a conversation with Shana Renee Hammond, and she is a serial entrepreneur a life coach, and has extensive experience in the area of organizational culture, redesign, and education leadership. And even with all of that that she does, she has this brand, Indigo Women, and some pillars of that brand are self-care, sisterhood, and joy. And in this, this world of like hustle culture, do it all, I'm really interested, how do you have the joy, the sisterhood, and the self-care, right? We didn't leave any of that. So welcome, Shayna. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. I am so excited to have you here. And I usually start off with like a coffee and combo question, asking if people are a coffee or a tea person. But I really want to know, mind you, Shayna has multiple brands, but we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Indigo Women. And if I go up to the coffee shop and I'm like, okay, I need an order of Indigo Women. (laughs) What kind of blend is this? Am I getting an espresso? Am I getting a chamomile? Like what, what's this brand? What's the blend of it? Yes. I love this question. (laughs) It, I would say it's definitely tea because it's just a little Mm -hmm. softer Indigo Women is a call to come back home to mm. ourselves, and it's a soft place, a soft landing for Black women to just heal themselves, come back, really do the deep introspection that they've been wanting to do probably for a very long time. And so it would be a tea. It might be a green tea. I'm a green tea person myself. I love green tea in the morning with honey. Yes. And it might be a soft decaf herbal tea. Uh, Just enough to just kind of make you feel warm and fuzzy and not necessarily to get you kind of up and going, but just to settle in. I like that. It's the softness that's healing. And I think that's really interesting because you mentioned your brand is is for Black women. And I don't think there's often Mm -hmm. a lot of conversation about the softness of Black women. It's always like, we're so strong and do it all. And you are cultivating Mm -hmm. the space for Black women to just be. So please introduce us to to Indigo Women. You know, how did this get started and and what is this, this safe space? One of my great mentors always says, we're here to teach what we're here Mm -hmm. to learn. And so I myself used to be caught up in hustle culture and definitely, you know, am still healing from the strong Black woman schema. And really those pressures to go, go, go and do and not necessarily Mm. to be. And I went through my own several year journey of spiritual growth and introspection. And one of the things that I learned along the way was that once I learned how to truly care and love myself, everything else in my life, including leadership, including love, all the things in my life really would come together once I really decided to prioritize Mm. me. And I didn't have a model for that. Many of us don't have a kind of a model for what does that look like to prioritize yourself as a Black woman who, you know, society expects us to be the hardest working and the most self-sacrificing caregivers. 
And it's really hard to say to yourself, also, I need to put myself first and say that and do that in a way that you're, you don't feel guilty. Absolutely. And so the Indigo Women Group Coaching Experience is that place to be around other women who can serve as mirrors mm-hmm. for you, who are there for the exact same thing, who are raising their hands and saying, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm ready to go to a next level, whatever that means. But I know that I want to do it in a way where I experience more joy and ease and I do it with more clarity and not necessarily running from something, but actually running toward a vision for my life that really is mine and not influenced by anyone else. And so that's what Indigo Women is all about. Um, It is by far the work that I love the most. It fills me up. It feels like a ministry. Uh, and I'm just really, really honored to be able to do it. I love how like you can like you see how you like light up talking about it. And like that is is wonderful. And it I love how you mentioned so many great things, but first going back to how you stated about putting yourself first. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think especially when we talk about black women and that idea of it's our culture to just bear it all and to be the nurturers and do all of that. To the point that we will so suffer internally, externally, whether it's our mental health or physical health, just for the idea mm-hmm. of I got to bear it all, right? Because that's that's what defines me as, as a Black woman. But you're like, hey, like if I don't take care of me, then like nothing's getting done And creating that safe space mm-hmm. to, like you said, not run from something because then it's always going to be chasing mm-hmm. you, but really to seek after exactly what you really want, what you've been putting on the back burner. And I think that's so beautiful because so many times when I work with um, Black women or like I'm in the community, it's like, well, what do you want? And it's like, oh, I want my kids to be okay. Or I want my husband to do this. And it's like, what do you want? You at the end of the day, when everyone else is gone, what do you want? And I love that you're creating that. Yeah, it's, it really is a joy and honor. And it's what, you know, I wish I had not only for myself, but other women in my family. And I just truly believe with every fiber in my being that it's our birthright. It's our birthright to thrive. It's our birthright to rest. Um, it's our birthright to really live in the fullness of ourselves. And when we don't, we're cutting off our power and we're cutting off different ways that we can show up for different people at work or in our homes or even just for ourselves. Uh, And joy in of itself is so important. Something I always say is you can fake confidence, but you can't fake joy. That's the word right there. (laughs) Right. And it's those leaders who emanate joy that we trust, that we work hard for, that we follow and that we believe. It's those leaders that have this kind of inner peace and contentment and completion that we aspire, you know, and that we want to be around. And it's that kind of conjuring. It's really that kind of pondering around, I call it joy <laughs> in the space. Um, and we, we literally talk about what does joy oh, wow. even mean to us? Because so many of us have never, either never unpacked it or haven't unpacked it in a really long time. You know, what does joy actually mean to me right now in this space in my life with everything I have going on and all the roles that I play? What about those roles actually bring me joy? That is such a powerful question. And I'm sure people are like, 
hmm, like, what is that for me? Right. Because so many times, like the message yeah. is joy should be like these tangible things, whether money, house, uh, family, wh- whatever mm-hmm. that is. But sometimes it might just be having that moment of peace or, you know, really thinking about what is that for you? Cause you can chase a goal mm-hmm. and then you obtain it and you're still not happy. And, you know, we see this with celebrity culture all the time, people who have severe mental health, even though they have the house, the fame, the car, because there's something else there. (laughs) We talk about this joy thing. Exactly. Exactly. Something we talk about within the program is your JCC. So your J stands for your jam, your C stands for craft, and your other C Mm. stands for calling. Many of us think those three things are the same thing, And they're actually not. I've learned that just through coaching so many executives over the years. Some of the biggest big breakthroughs come through when they've been rooted in their their craft. And your craft is your zone of of excellence. It's Mm -hmm. your zone of competence. It's something that likely you've honed over time. You maybe have a degree in it. It's likely what you do for a living. You get praised for it a lot. And people think that that's actually my jam which is your jam Mm -hmm. is what brings you joy. And what some people do is they put so much pressure on themselves to get joy out of their craft when it's like, maybe you just need to release that. Maybe your, your jam is something totally different. Maybe it's gardening, maybe it's painting, you know, and maybe you just need to figure out different ways to bring what does bring you joy into your craft. And once people make that distinction, oftentimes they take off, They do experience more long-lasting joy, uh, and they're able to really look at what they do with Mm, fresh eyes. That's a word right there because, and I wonder, like, would that help to get rid of imposter syndrome if you would focus on your jam versus your craft and making your craft your everything? Exactly. I think so. So many women have, have gone through and really growth grown through their own imposter syndrome because of that. And and the same thing with calling, you know, our calling, I believe is that that thing that we know we're supposed to do not on an intellectual level, but more on a spiritual and emotional level. It's that role we keep showing up and playing for people, whether we want to or not. And it's oftentimes (laughs) the thing that scares us. And, (laughs) And, you know, and, and I think we also put a lot of pressure on, ourselves to know what it is and to love it and to make it our craft and thing we do every day. And sometimes that's just not the case and that's okay. And I think it's really understanding what the distinction is between those three things can really help people understand, oh, that's why I'm bored or that's why I'm insecure or I have these vulnerabilities. And they are able to release that pressure that they've been Mm, putting on themselves. So valuable. And like you mentioned group coaching. So I know a lot of people might be familiar with like individual coaching, you know, why did you choose to go with group coaching? Kind of what does that look like? Yes. So we do a nine week virtual group coaching program. So, um, and we meet every single week for a couple of hours in the evenings and the group component is essential because I'm just holding the space. You know, while I am, yes, the head coach, and there are times I coach individual women in front of everyone, and we break it down and we talk about what we learn about each other through someone else's coaching session. The beauty of this experience is being able to see yourself Mm. in someone else. And you can't really do that when you're coaching one-on-one. You know, someone is the practitioner and the 
you know, the introspection is really happening one way. When you have that level of introspection happening <laughs> interdependently amongst several different people all coming together around one single goal, it's extremely powerful. And I've seen actually the growth actually be much faster for a lot of my clients who are in the group experience than one-on-one because they were able to go, oh, she said something right. I was so afraid to say that I've been thinking for so long and I'm so glad she put words to some emotions I was having, but I couldn't have said it as clearly as she did. And now I understand mm. myself better because she was so vulnerable in that moment. And that's the power of Absolutely. And, and I love how you talked about seeing yourself in, in someone else and sometimes you are afraid to admit things or say things or you just don't have the words. You're like, I'm feeling this. And then when someone else says it, it like reverberates through you and you're like, ah, that's it. So I can just imagine how powerful that is. And um, tell us a little bit more. You said, so it's nine weeks, the, the program, what does it all entail? Yes. Yes. So every other week we have what's called coaching circles. And so coaching circles are two hours um, each time that we meet. Coaching circles are for, that's the time where I deliver new content. So the entire experience is surrounded around the coaching methodology called the R3 method. And the three R's are rebirth, Mm -hmm. reset, and renew. So it's a space for Black women to come rebirth, reset, and renew themselves. And um, what I just explained, the JCC is all a part Mm -hmm. of the rebirth process. So each coaching circle, I offer a new framework, I offer new content, and then the women are organized into what's called squads. So they have a group of about four to five women that I will give a thought-provoking question, and they'll really bond with that smaller subset group um, within the cohort. And they'll really just talk about, okay, how is this content um, resonating with me? What doesn't resonate? What does this mean for me as a leader, for me as a woman? What does this mean for my greater purpose and how I can really adopt self-care as a mindset and just kind of how I work? The other, every other week, we also have what's Mm. called power hours. So every other week we meet for just one hour where the entire hour is coaching. So one woman um, will bring forth a very real life dilemma based upon something Mm -hmm. uh, related to the R3 method. And I'll coach that woman for several minutes and everyone else will kind of go off their camera and I'll just you know, I will coach that person. And then everyone will come back and talk about how what they learned about themselves through that person's coaching um, session. And we'll also take time to break mm-hmm. down the coaching process because of course, all of the women that are in the cohort are leaders themselves, they're coaching people. And so there's a time to get really meta about why I asked a certain question and how that, you know, unlocked a new awareness for someone. Um, and so there's a lot of learning and healing happening mm-hmm. at the same time. Where, you know, the mind, because it's built for the mind, body, and spirit to be engaged. And of course, we begin with somatics, we begin with deep breathing, we begin by engaging our breath um, in different ways each time. And of course, we end with joy and appreciations. And it's just every single time, as you can imagine, when Black women get together, it just takes on its own form, each cohort. And I just continue to be blown away each time by how vulnerable they are right away and how tight knit they become so, so soon. I think that just really shows like how necessary it is to create those safe spaces of vulnerability and where you can show up. 
but also for that self-care mm-hmm. that you you mentioned and how like that's an yeah. integral part of of your methodologies and, and what you're teaching. And I know there's some people that are like, I'm not even a believer. You got to hustle, hustle, hustle. Like, why is it so important for those listening? Like, why is self-care, sisterhood, like these pillars in your your, your company, why is that so important to leadership and, and growth? Most of us discover how important it is when things get really rough, right? When things hit the fan, we don't get the client. Maybe we thought we were going to get the presentation doesn't go well. We get tough feedback from a manager, et cetera. And oftentimes it comes down to what practices we have to to support us in bouncing back. That's usually our entryway. Um, But it's so much deeper than that. We talk about the importance of adopting Mm. self-care as a mindset, not just a set of practices. Of course, we expand the list of practices, you know, every woman does coming out of it. But really, it's about self, it comes back to self-love and really setting, you know, life-giving boundaries and really going after what you want and asking for what you want and, Mm. you know, without guilt And that takes time. Um, And oftentimes when I'm coaching women, so one of the greatest kind of breakthroughs that they have coming through the program is, you know, a lot of them will say things like, I didn't realize what I didn't know after I kind of went through this. Like, I didn't realize that my exhaustion actually wasn't just hustle culture, but my exhaustion was spending so much time doing something that actually didn't really bring me joy and that really isn't in my zone of genius. I was spending so much time prioritizing someone else's well-being and what they were doing. I completely lost myself and didn't even realize it because I was kind of secretly convincing myself that that was what was making me happy. And I was actually secretly resentful and it was actually the resentment that was making me so exhausted. And I did not realize that that was the source of my exhaustion. And so it's really, really important to, you know, when I think about self-care, to think about it really expansively, it really comes down to knowing who you are, loving who you are, and having that courage to stand up and ask for what you want um, as you are, of course, being the amazing leader that you are and the caregiver that you are. You're going to be that much better, not just for everyone else, but for yourself. You know, we are yeah. here to thrive. We're here to be, live in abundance, you know, um, and it's it's the greatest dream of our ancestors. And so I'm just really glad to just be a small part of creating a space for us to come back to that if we I, have forgotten. I love that because in no part did you mention like self-care or speaking up for yourself means like a loss of whatever, family time or these other passions. And I think sometimes when we think of putting ourselves first or self-care, it's like we are losing something, but that is how we thrive. That's mm-hmm. how we are able to do it all and to carry it all. And so I, I love that. Yes. One of the uh, participants uh, it said in her kind of last reflection, she was just like, I can't believe that I actually have more time, you know, yeah, throughout the process, she was promoted. She asked for what she wanted um, and she's in this wonderful role. And she's like, I literally have more time and I don't know how that happened, but it also happened because she's using her energy in more intentional ways. And so time did expand. 
Um, and time expands for us. Abundance expands for us when we oh, stand up that. in our I power. I love that. I love that. And and something you said in the beginning about the group coaching was the women's become like mirrors for each other, mirrors for themselves. And I, I think that's so valuable, especially looking at your website and you just don't have a black woman, but you have black women that are different and they're diverse. And was that strategic? Was that intentional? T- kind of walk us through why was it important to have these diverse spaces of black women um, being featured? Yes, I think, you know, I'm a firm believer that our consciousness attracts whatever we have in life. And something that has always been a value of mine is acceptance and love. Love is my leading value and so is liberation. Mm-hmm. And I take that very seriously. I meditate around that all the time. And I've always wanted to make sure that the space was a space that any Black woman felt like I can see myself there. Um, you know, so many of us have been on the receiving end of microaggressions when it comes to pressures to assimilate, pressures to fit into a culture. And I coach in my one of my other companies, I coach around building cultures where you're inviting people who are culture ads, not culture fits, people who are going to bring something new and fresh to the space. And that has been the case since cohort one. We had, I mean, we had women ranging Mm. from their 20s to their 60s. Each cohort is intergenerational. Each cohort has women with a very diverse set of backgrounds, very diverse set of experiences, understanding. And that's what's made it, I'm sure, so rich um, and so healing for so many women. And so when we did our website, of course, it was very intentional that we had different body sizes and types and, of course, hair textures. Um, it's very important for everyone to see themselves in this space because it truly is for all Black women, however they I love they that. And, and again, you really saw those themes and you feel it through your, your whole brand. And I think that's important because, um, again, just that stereotype of what a Black woman should be. And sometimes I'm just like, Lord, I do not fit all mm-hmm. those things. I, I completely identify as a Black yeah. woman, but I like my magic level is not on that Micromagic level. And so it, it really just felt like there were these just diverse black women. And it was just like, oh, I could, I could fit there. I could be there. And I really appreciated yes. and wanted to highlight that yeah. because not always is there the conversation about the diverseness within the subset of black women. Thank you so much for that feedback, because that was definitely the intention. We want to make sure this is, again, mm-hmm. a place to just be, <laughs> you know, to just literally be. And it warms my heart when we, I always love the first coaching circle because, you know, anytime you build a, a thing, right, and you build a journey, everyone kind of is nervous in the beginning. And, you know, they're trying to see, is this right for me? I signed up for this. This is very new and different. And I I have a lost count of the amount of women who have come to the space. There's a couple in every cohort who say things like, I was so intimidated. I didn't know whether this was for me. I like looked up some of the other women who were here. Oh my goodness. Their magic is on, you know, 10. I don't know if I belong. And literally 30 minutes in, they're just like telling their whole story. And they're just like, oh my goodness. Thank you so much for just being you and being just who you are. And 
Um, and that's what it's about. It is about getting to the core of who we are um, and really, you know, releasing any of those pressures that, you know, we have learned through social conditioning, mm -hmm. through what I call the sick collective consciousness. That's what I call white supremacy mm -hmm. culture. It really is a sick collective consciousness. And once we separate ourselves from that sick collective consciousness and get back to our own consciousness, mm -hmm. that's where the beauty happens. I and that's that. when we're I able love to that. Thrive. And and please tell us a little bit about you have not only these coaching circles, but you have the book club and you have this alumni community. Share a little bit more about those services and things. Yes. So I just published a book in January. It's called Becoming an Indigo, Indigo Woman, How to Thrive in Leadership in Life. And of course, the coaching circles were the thing that inspired the book. So the oh, coaching wow. program actually came before the book. Many women said things like, oh, my goodness, like, you know, I, you should make sure this is more accessible. There are so many women in my circle and my family and my job who would really benefit from this. And so I wrote about the R3 method. And so it's really written just like you've signed up with me as your coach. There are exercises in there that mirror some of the exercises that we do in the program. And what we've done is we've created a free space um, called the Indigo Women Book Club. So for anyone who's read the book and just wants to be a part of a conversation, uh, myself and a Love couple it. other Vibe Tribe, we call ourselves the Vibe Tribe at Indigo Women name is the Vibe Tribe. Some Vibe Tribe members, we come on each week and we um, give a talk about an element from the book and offer a question for folks to just ponder and to chat about um, in our Facebook group. So if you've read the book, you don't have to identify as a Black woman. It's a space for anyone who really wants to go deeper into self-care and has read the book and would like to kind of read the book in community. I love that because I know it's there's you know some allies out there like, oh my goodness, I want to be down. But <laughs> Shana, how do we find you? Any last words before I ask my last question? Sure. You can find me on Instagram at Indigo Women Community. And you can also find me on LinkedIn at Shana Renee Hammond. And you can also find me on Fantastic Facebook at Shana Hammond. If you've missed any of that, it will be in the episode bio so you can grab it there. Um, any last words before I ask my last question? Uh, last words, I guess just really thank you. Just gratitude. Thank you so much for having me. And, um, you know, I'm just excited for your platform, you. for your voice, for your podcast, for all that it's doing for so many different people. I feel very honored to be here. Oh, thank absolutely. So and appreciate you coming in and sharing. And thank you for creating this safe space for women and, and for specifically Black women. Um, and I listen, I'm going to go and get that book right now. <laughs> yeah. But my last question, which I ask my listeners and my guests is what's in your okay. cup? And this is where I ask you, what three things do you need to add to your day or your week to get through it? And while you think of your answers, I'll give you mine. So on today, the three things that I mm. need to add to my cup, um, I'm going to add my own kind of black girl magic, you know, like you definitely reminded, like, listen, be your own yes. kind of woman, be your, you know, so I'm just going to add that. I'm going to add that. I'm going to add um, some literal tea. I went and I treated myself to all these different teas yesterday. So um, some literal tea. Yes. And I think the last is like some family time. 
So just kind of like a mellow cup this this day, you know, yeah. so black girl magic, some tea and some family time. Shana, thank you. What about you? What do you I need? I need, I'm going to add some more meditation time. I I usually set my timer for about like five to seven minutes when I'm, you know, in the morning, getting my children ready for school. And I'm really feeling this pull mm. to sit down longer. And so I'm adding just longer time at my altar, just being still, getting back to yeah. my own, you know, real, my core. And so just more time to do that. I think I would also add a little bit more time with my two children. So my children are 11 and 12 and I'm a former educator and they're in the ages where I um, really oh, was as a you. principal. I was a middle school principal. <laughs> and so right. <laughs> so they're at that funky age, you know, where you're trying to figure out like who you are. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be treated like a kid, but you're, you know, you want to you want to be treated one way one day and another way and next. And, you know, one day they like this, you know, particular food and then they hate it, The net, you know. And so I'm riding the wave and I'm just, you know, want just more time. I'm going to add more time mm-hmm. just listening to them and listening to their stories and interests and wants and just being more present with them. And then I think I would add more water. I like putting, and also I like putting grapefruit and yeah. um, lemon in my water. And I've kind of gotten away from I that. I like that. So I'm going to add some refreshing more refreshing and healing. I'm going to ride yeah. that wave for the rest of the weekend. Yes. <laughs> Shana, thank you so much. Exactly. Listeners, have a great rest of the day.